0: Hey, friends. Welcome to The Astrology Show. It's Kira. I'm your host, Um, and this is our third to last episode Ah! Um, of the season. Um, Yeah, we're wrapping up season three. I'm getting ready to go to Norwalk. I'm planning this summit, the Emerging Astrologer Summit that happens the weekend before Norwalk and preparing for my, um, two month Euro trip that starts in just a month. Oh my God. What? Um, yeah, everything's happening. It's eclipse season. Things are changing. Everything's wild. The air is electric. The floor is lava. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this is our last sort of like I guess regular episode <laughs> of the season. Um, for those of you who are somehow keeping up and listening as they come out, um, this episode's about lunar cycles. It's about the moon. Um, it's a really good one. I'm really happy to sort of close out, sort of close out the season with it, um, especially in the middle of eclipse season. So yeah, we we're t- we talk about um, you know, the different cycles, the different phases of the moon, and um, you know, what it's like to be born during particular phases. And then we also talk about the progressed moon um, and that cycle as well. And yeah, we just talk about the moon a lot, and we had a nice little, um, we had we just had a great conversation. so I'm looking forward to you listening to it. Um before we get started with that. Um, oops, sorry, my <laughs> my Slack. Um, before we get started with that, just a little note. Um, the Emerging Astrology Summit. It is happening on May 21st. It's a Saturday. It is free ninety-nine to attend. All you need to do is register on my website, and, um, yeah, register. It's free. And you get up to 24 hours to watch each lecture, which is dope. So, yeah, I would check that out. Um, We have five incredible lectures. And, um, actually, the next episode, you're going to hear all of the – promo videos for or promo videos promos for each of the um each of the lectures so you'll hear from each of the astrologers themselves in conversation with me about their um about themselves and their lectures so yeah definitely check that out next week in the lead up to the summit um i'm just really stoked about this this group of astrologers this group of emerging astros Um, they're also brilliant and they all have such really important things to bring to astrology and to talk about. And I think it's just going to be really, I think it's just going to be really enriching, um, and fun summit. You know, it's, it's a day of the Mercury Kazemi. Um, and yeah, it's a new Mercury cycle starting that day, I think. And we're starting off, um, the summit with a talk about debilitated Mercurys. And um, yeah, then we actually, after that, have another talk that incorporates Mercury. So it's going to be super mercurial. It's going to be super astrological. Um, You're going to get perspectives on astrology that will really have you thinking, um, thinking differently about astrology and about life in general and if you are a nerd, if you're an astro nerd, this summit is for you. And again, it's completely free to attend. You get up to 24 hours to watch each of the talks. Um, so we start out like at 11 a.m. Pacific time. We have a talk for an hour. We have an hour break. And then we start again. So there's an hour break in between each of the five talks. So you're not sitting at your computer continuously for five hours and um, and, you know, if you can only make a couple talks, that's fine. You have 24 hours to watch them. And then um, there's also the all-access pass. And that's really how we're able to um, do this. <laughs> it's how we're able to put this on and how we're able to also pay the astrologers for their brilliance, which I am um, really big on. I really like astrologers to get paid for what they do. So um this is how we pay them and this is how we we are able to run these cool free summits. Um if you would like to support these astrologers, if you can't make it live and you know you're not gonna be able to catch it this that weekend, um, you can buy an all access pass. And what that is, it's it's a pass where you get access to all five talks forever. Um, and yeah, you can watch them at your own pace, listen to them at your own pace. You'll get the audio, the visual, the slides. Um, And then on top of that, there's some astrologers are adding um, little bonuses as well. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) my um, alarm went off. Bonuses. So some astrologers are adding bonuses as well um, for the all access pass. And again, it's also just a great deal because these talks will go on the website afterwards. Um, but if you get the all access pass, you're getting them for like half off, basically. You're getting all five. Um, so it's $65 until the day of the summit. So that's like $13 um per talk. And after that, they'll be like $25 each. So yeah. Um I would grab that if I were you. <laughs> and you know, I've put on two of these summits already through fresh voices um, and which is the a, a similar platform to the eleventh house that I used to run. Um, and we were able on our last summit to pay the astrologers twelve astrologers each over a thousand dollars. I mean, you don't even know how good that felt, <laughs> um, because you know, for comparison, to speak at big conferences like Norwac or ESAR, you know, you, if you're a first time speaker, you're usually not paid, um, or you'll get you know somewhere around between like fifty and one hundred fifty dollars typically, um, and then yeah you're usually not getting more than, like, $200 to speak at these bigger conferences. Of course, you also get, like, meals sometimes. Um, sometimes you'll get discounted room rates, things like that. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think about the fact that there's, like, scholarships for people to attend the conferences, but there's not a really a lot of support for astrologers to actually go to – be able to attend the conferences themselves, because it is very expensive. And um, yeah, whatever, I'm not going to get into a tangent about that. But I just like to say, it's really, I, I love putting on these summits because it gives us an opportunity to um, pay astrologers, you know, like give money directly to the astrologers. Um, and I really love doing that. It fills me with joy. And so, um, and all these, all these amazing astrologers surely deserve a fat paycheck because especially as like their entrance into, you know, speaking and teaching astrology in this sense, like, um, it just, yeah, it's really great. Um, yeah, I would implore you to check out the all access pass for that reason, Um, And, of course, if you can't, um, if that's not something you can, you know, do right now, share. You know, sharing helps a lot. (laughs) Actually, like, commenting on our social media posts, um, saving, sharing, that type of thing, helps so much um, because... It's really hard these days on these instant on this Instagram streets. Um, but yeah, retweet, like, share, that stuff's totally free and actually helps a ton. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about the summit. I think um if this one goes well, which I I know it will, <laughs> I am planning on doing more of these. Um I actually have a couple already kind of brewing. Um, so yeah, let's, let's have a fun one. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, Kazemi, I'm excited. Lots of learning. Okay. I'll shut up about that. (laughs) Um, if you'll be at Norwak, I'm speaking on Sunday at like four 15 or three 15, I think 4 PM, something like that. (laughs) Um, and the talk I'm doing is, um, um uh what is it called identity and perspective in the birth chart something like that and <laughs> um yeah so i'll see you at Norwalk. and um yeah without further ado check out this episode it's a goodie Hey, Narayana, how's it going? Hi,
1: how are you, Kira? It's nice. good. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's so nice to have you here. First time on the show. Um, We just kind of got acquainted with each other like a month or two ago, right? So new friends. (laughs)
1: Yes, I think it was February, early February when when we first spoke.
0: Yeah, happy to finally have you here. Um, and we'll get to meet in person soon too at Norwalk, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have you here to talk about the moon, moon phases, and and um, you know the lunar cycle in particular. Um, you wrote this book, Moon Signs. <laughs> <laughs> I did, <laughs> um, which is gorgeous and and has so much. There's so much in it. There's so much about the moon here. Um, it's called Moon Signs, Unlock Your Inner Luminary Power. And, um, and yeah, looking through this made me want to – I kind of got the idea of, like, we should do an episode about the lunar cycle. It's something we haven't talked too much about. And it's something that I'm not super – like, I know about it, but um, it's not something I spend a ton of, like, time on or even work with a lot with my my practice. So, um yeah I'm excited to dive into it some more because it's it's there's some there's some like nice little like pieces of wisdom there within the lunar cycle. Um, so we're going to talk about the lunar cycle. We're also going to talk about the progressed lunar cycle because that's something that doesn't really get talked about enough too. So yeah. Um, I guess to get started, we should have you introduce yourself. Do you want to share your Sun Moon rising and a little bit about your practice and yeah what you do in astrology?
1: Of course, yes. Um, So uh, my name is Narayana Montufar. I am um, Taurus rising, Scorpio sun, Leo moon, Uh, but I do have triple Sagittarius, so that's good. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) Lots of fire. uh, Lots of fire, (laughs) Uh, which... Makes sense that I'm from Mexico. I'm originally from Mexico City, but have been living in California for many years, like 16 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always interested in astrology and spirituality, but I started my career in astrology through editorial, actually. So uh, I was in the music industry originally, and then I moved into uh, working for horoscope.com. And I, I was an editor. I held many editorial positions, and so um, slowly but surely, I just started learning and taking classes on the weekends. And you know, there was a time in my career I, I was doing editorial for a while, and it's not that I didn't like it, but I just kind of fell in love with astrology. I decided I, I decided that my next step was going to be just to be an astrologer. And it was a tough decision at the time, but it's funny, right? When you make those decisions, all of a sudden, you know, the universe just pushes you forward. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I made the They made the switch. And then I worked with astrology.com. I still work with them. Uh, so I'm the senior astrologer there. And so I, I have a lot of experience creating astrology content, many different types, but, um, you know, I was holding both careers for a while, and it was it was just getting really intense. And so last year, during Libra season, I decided to just, you know, uh, just focus on my astrology practice that I've been nurturing for years and just trying to, you know, for it to take off. And um, so, yeah, it was, I think it was this book, you know, ever since this book came along, um, I just... I said, I just want to be an astrologer, and and I am an artist as well, so my art is based on astrology. I actually came to my art career through astrology because I always liked art, right? I always went to open studios and museums and everything, but I have a Venus-Mercury conjunction, fifth house stellium, Mm -hmm. Venus square the node, so it was just like, okay, I need to try this. And so I found my artistic career through astrology. I don't think I would have ever who knows, right? But I I don't know. Uh so it's been it's been kind of amazing to see both of them take off. And so one of my favorite awesome. things to do is to paint bird tarts. That's when I'm like, you know, in my happy place. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I I give readings every single week. I have like three readings. I write horoscopes. I, um, I write astrology. I am the in-house astrology for house of intuition and I write for Cosmo and other publications.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah, the the Venus, the Mercury Venus conjunction is like one of my favorite signatures and I see it so much on like within our community, so many amazing, um, astrology writers, so many amazing writers, I should say, Within our community, have that um, have that conjunction, and I'm definitely jealous of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice, and I forgot that you're from Mexico City. I was just there a couple of weeks ago um, for the first time, and I fell in love. It was it was so beautiful. Um, my Mexico City it falls on my sun midheaven line, oh. so I was just like really feeling it. It's like <laughs> nice and sunny and yeah. I really enjoyed it. Such a beautiful city. Um, yeah. So when did you, when did um, Moon Signs come out? When did you write it? So
1: it's really funny that you ask because I, I was finished, you know, the whole, so it's really funny because like I came from um web editorial, right. That I, I was doing that for like 10 years. And the process of writing a book is so different it's just so much
0: slower i'm in the middle of it right now i was like literally just doing that before we hopped on so yeah i i hear you yeah it's just also came from editorial too
1: oh wow okay that's awesome. so you understand how like everything's just so and you have your book too right your Pisces book so
0: yeah but i don't really count that i mean <laughs> i definitely like you know it was a book i wrote but it was short and I sort of like puked it all out in a very short amount of time. And it it definitely wasn't the same type of book writing process that I'm in right now, which is a lot more involved And Yeah, it's a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that just, I mean, moon signs was a very, very long project, but like the funny part about it is that I was finished writing it. This is interesting. uh, When I was having my, progressed moon opposition. And see it was an intense time in my life. Um I remember it might be TMI, but I remember writing the last letters with tears in my eyes. (laughs) Mm. Just like, oh you know, just very yeah, very emotional. And and it but it just made so much sense, you know. Um and that's why I'm just so fascinated with the progress nation cycle because it's just so Mm -hmm. like it's grounding to know you know because things are the way they are but it's grounding to know that certain things have an end and and how things develop right so it's really funny because I started talking to the editorial company about this book in 2020 Mm. but it wasn't it came out in because of COVID there were many delays and so this book is a it came out in during Libra season in twenty twenty one in the UK, but then in the US it's a Sagittarius, so it, oh, cool. with an Aquarius moon. So it came out in December of twenty twenty one. Nice, mm-hmm. nice.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it's available like everywhere. Whoever wants to check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm um, my progressed moon is currently in Taurus, which is my third house. And of course, I'm like, you know, pouring through this book um, and it's going to shift into Gemini sometime later this year, too. So I'm excited about that and have a feeling I'm going to just keep writing. (laughs) I'm probably going to do some other project right after this, but we'll see. Well, And we'll we'll talk about Progress Moons (laughs) in in a bit, too. Um remind me where when's your birthday? I'm, I'm curious. I forget. I know we talked about it before.
1: Yeah, I was born on 11/11/1979. 11, 11, okay, cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so you're you're a week before me. I'm 11/18. Right. Um
1: we're both so Scorpios. You have
0: been Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you've been getting the um south node on your son? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been a lot yeah actually the south node on my sun wasn't that bad at all it it's kind of parked on my mars right now i have mars at 22 scorpio and with saturn squaring it and like mars it's just that's been way worse than i (laughs) expected
1: yeah i just feel like the combination of having being stuck between the notes and saturn you know Mm -hmm. it's definitely been a thing you know it's you ups and downs. You're super
0: fixed. You have your Taurus, your, your, Le- your Leo. Yeah. I'm sure you're feeling it.
1: <laughs> yes. Because I had Saturn on my ascendant early in 2021. So then it came to my sun. Right. And then yeah. now it's opposing my moon. So it's like, at least I'm getting it all out of the way. <laughs> yeah all at once <laughs> but it's I gotta say I mean, and that's why astrology is so helpful you know because there have been days that I've been just feeling very like like just kind of lost and and mm-hmm. you know my friends will be like babe it's okay you know um because also Uranus right in Taurus yeah exactly yeah. so <laughs> At least, like I said, at least I'm getting it a lot out of the way now, and then I'll be free for a while, yeah, you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too, yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's talk let's talk a little bit about the moon and <clears throat> excuse me, lunar cycles. I'm curious, like what brought you towards working with the moon specifically. Um, yeah, if there's anything. In particular or have you always kind of just felt really connected to the moon
1: well there are a few reasons why um i have always been i mean i i you know like the first you know toe dipping into astrology after the sun is the moon and i just remember it being so eye-opening for me right because with my square Because like Scorpio Leo, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt like so seen just by knowing my moon sign. And so that's why I've always felt very, very close to the moon. And also, um, I'm a feminist, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I just... I just like, even if I don't say it enough, if I don't post enough about it, I do my type of work in which I, you know, fight the patriarchy. And I just feel like one of the reasons why we have so many problems in this, like, you know, in this, like, constant fight feels like, right, it's because the moon was demoted. And the moon is a symbol mm-hmm. of divine feminine, you know? And so i just felt like it was part of my, like, you know, personal mission to mm-hmm. have that impact on people. And, um, I just feel like the moon sometimes speaks more of a person, you know, it really depends on so many things, you know, the position of the house and the face and all of this. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such an important part of ourselves. I really, um, I see it as our night vision, you know, and mm. because we're taught that we're, we're taught to like carry ourselves, in you know, a solar way, you know, like we're starting to see that, 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 that was wrong. Right. But now I feel like we're starting to realize that the moon is our night vision it's not something that you figure out outside of yourself right and so mm-hmm. it's just so it's such a just such a private sacred part of us and so i it's not that i don't like the sun of course not but i'm not going to lie when i look at a person's chart the first thing i see is the moon <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like where, yeah, because it speaks to so someone's privacy and someone's like behind closed doors personality, right that you don't see, and so that's why I'm just kind of like obsessed with the moon and like because also the moon helps us not only understand ourselves and our needs and our non-negotiables but also. Like Stephen Forrest says, is the mother of astrology, right? That's how we figure out, that's how astrologers even figure out a lot of, you know, that's how we learn a lot because since the moon moves so fast, we can really kind of through her learn about other planets and, Mm -hmm. you know, even big stars and other things, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that is so true. It is really that like focus that focusing point that kind of um draws us to certain points and planets and stars and what have you in the chart. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, I mean I, I always like to talk about the moon as sort of our instinctive and intuitive selves and like you said, sort of like what's what's on the inside, um, how we respond and react to any sort of external stimuli on that, like, sort of base, just, yeah, instinct level. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I mean, the moon speaks so much to who you are, especially, I think, for people who are born at night. Are, were you born past sunset?
1: I was born at sunset. So at sunset. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But I agree because, and that's what I put in this book, you know, if you were born at night, you most likely resonate more with your moon sign, you know? Mm-hmm. I was born at sunset. Yeah. so. Uh, what about you? Are you a uh, daytime or I'm night? A, I'm, a night? Day.
0: I'm a day. I'm a day. I'm such a diurnal. <laughs> <laughs> I have a rejoicing sun in the ninth house. Yeah, I'm very diurnal. But my moon is um, the only planet that's subterranean. It's the only planet below the horizon. Oh, wow. um, and it's an Aries in the second house. Yeah. So I I, admittedly... Um, I'm not great with moon stuff. The moon is probably like my, the planet that I connect to the least, just in terms of like, you know, planetary archetypes. Um, I love my Aries moon and all, but I definitely disregard more lunar things. I think um, as opposed to more solar diurnal, you know, um, I'm definitely more, you know, I stay visible. I stay working, doing all that. And um, my nocturnal side definitely suffers a bit from it, <laughs> so maybe this will help a little bit, um, get more in tune with with my moon stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, what you were saying too about like the the divine feminine and and just I like to think of the sun and the moon as sort of um, our two primary. If if we're not if we're gonna take gender out of it too, it's just like. These these two binaries like hot and cold you know or like dry moist you know um, and it is true that in in today's not even just today but society at large from the past you know thousands of years basically have definitely regarded the sun or we could say the masculine we could say the diurnal consciousness what have you as more important. Um, or just high, more highly regarded than that of the moon or nocturnal, more feminine consciousness. And I do think astrologers are doing a lot of work to to rebalance the scales in that in that regard. Um, and just like by learning astrology and learning the nuances to you and who you are in your chart, you can start to unpack that in yourself, which is where it really all begins, right? Like unpacking what that means for you. Um anyway, let's talk a little bit about moon phases. I mean, um there's the there's the lunar cycle that we're constantly existing within, right? Um which is like a monthly cycle, and then we have our our the moon phase that we were born within. That's like in our birth chart. Um where are we at right now? We're on the waxing gibbous, right? We're leading up to a full moon. Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> it's an intense so one too. I guess,
0: yeah, it is, square mm-hmm. Pluto. Um, yeah, we're recording this on April 12th. We're in the lead up to the Libra full moon um, on the 16th. But yeah, do you want to go through just like list the moon phases and maybe we can talk about each one of those and in regards to like the transiting moon. Cause I think that might be a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: So, and, um, that's why I also started with that on my book in a way, because I wanted to, I think, I mean, when, when I get, have clients that tell me that they want to start working with astrology, right. That's where I, I go, uh, following up on what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, following the transits of the moon through the each one of our birth charts but you know how they affect us but like just working with the lunar cycles right because um obviously it gets a little crazy crazy right and this and that because the moon moves so fast um it's a little hard sometimes i mean you and i you know we keep track but um I remember when I started doing that, I just felt like it was like, oh my God, it's just like, this is just a lot, (laughs) you know, like every two weeks you have a big lunation, but I do use the lunar cycle. And so it's an ongoing um, cycle that the moon has that lasts for about, you know, about 28 days. And um, obviously the cycles, have a lot to do with the position of the sun, right? So we can't really talk about moon faces without knowing where the sun is, right? Because that's because the moon doesn't have light itself. It it reflects the light of the sun. And so it is always, always important to know where the sun is. So for example, right now the sun is in Aries, right? And so the moon will form faces according to its position you know, with the sun. And so um, it goes kind of this way, right? The cycle begins. Um, I don't know. I'm like kind of in my book, I started with a new moon, but because that's kind of how people see it. But my favorite phase, and I might be crazy for saying that, but it's the balsamic moon phase, right? (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I've, I mean, I've been working with it and it just feels very, just deep, you know, before the moon is new. So for, for anyone who's listening, the balsamic moon phase is right before the new moon. And it's when the moon is not, reflecting any light from the sun so we don't see the moon in the sky but it is when we even though we can't see her I mean we know the moon is there but like this is when all the goodies from the what we've been talking about like divine feminine energy or sometimes what's decomposing sometimes it's the ugly you know like what what we need to really see what what, that this is when our intuition really picks up and it's trying to get our attention so uh, as much as I can I try to work with that with that um balsamic moon it's not always possible right but um so the balsamic moon is a very special moment then after that uh obviously we have the new moon And so it is a double dose of the sign where the sun is, right? Because we have um, the luminaries in the same zodiac sign. And uh, these are times of new beginnings. We are planting the seed of intention and it has to do with something that we kind of acquire during the balsamic moon because the balsamic moon is telling us this is the way to go, or this is where to focus on. Mm -hmm. Right. However, I do like to wait a little bit. I don't, I try, I don't plant the seed immediately on that day. I really like to wait a little bit until the moon is gaining light. Same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's when that's when the moon is speaking up on the light of the sun because that, you know, everything's light. <laughs> and so I mm-hmm. wait a little bit. I literally go out and see who the shiver is there. And I was like, okay, okay. So now I'm going to write my intentions. Uh, and yeah. that's what I tell my clients to do, you know, I said, eh, you don't have to do it right because they're like, oh my God, I missed the new moon. I was like, you didn't. <laughs> You're right on time. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I you like do to, the same? I like
0: to say, yeah, I, I feel like. The balsamic moon phase is this like intense like drawing inward, especially I my my cycle's linked up with the new moon, so I usually get my period on the new moon, um, and so those couple days before the balsamic moon is very like, you know, low energy, low energy. Been a good way, in a way where you really need to like draw into yourself and slow down a bit and just kind of observe, and then that new moon. Um, I like to say, like, it's just for sitting in the void of the new moon. You know, like, there's no light (laughs) from the moon. It's just about kind of being in the void, seeing what comes up. Um, I like to have, like, the intentions sort of come to you during the new moon. And then, yeah, a couple days later when it's finally a waxing crescent, you can actually – the moon can kind of catch your your intentions and it can actually, you know – there's something about the physicality of like the visibility of the moon, um, when you're setting intentions for, you know, for new things to come. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I also tell clients and stuff the same.
1: Yeah. So yeah, anyway, that was the waxing crescent. That's, that's when things begin to take form. So this is when you really plant the seed or even just do mundane, regular things. Like if you don't want your hair to, if you want your hair to grow, you doing, you do it during this time, right? Um, if you don't, then you do it on the, when the moon is losing light, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after that comes, so we we're talking about the the waxing crescent, which like the energy builds up and it starts growing. And then we start feeling a little bit more like, energetic from uh from this moon right um and it does work that way it's kind of crazy how we're just so attuned to it you know um and you don't even need to be i mean everyone on this earth is attuned to the moon at one level or another and so after that we come to the to the first quarter moon which is uh Kind of intense because every time you see the moon half, it's it's a quarter moon either um, waxing on or waning. In this case, we're talking about waxing. And so that's when the moon is clashing with the sun, right? Wherever the sun is. Yeah, the,
0: the square, right? The square between the sun and the moon, the first square in the cycle.
1: <laughs> right. And so that brings a little bit of a moment of crisis in terms of like, what we planted the seed on or whatever we're trying to work with. And so um, we might run into obstacles, right, in, in our along our path or something, something needs readjustment. Um, but it's important to not give up on this phase just because we're running through obstacles. Because, I mean, I feel like this is how we know that squares in astrology provide the tension you need to charge ahead, right? It's not Mm -hmm. that, oh, I run into an obstacle. It's like, yeah, you run into an obstacle, but you have to make adjustments and you have to like figure stuff out. Um, I personally love quarter moons because I was born in one. So I'm one of those weirdos that like, because I need that like intensity, right? So um, sometimes I've even picked quarter moons, to be honest, for people's weddings or just because sometimes you need that, you know? It's kind of nice to have mm-hmm. that, like, energy. Um, yeah. Some people might disagree, but I I personally like like it. Um, and so after that comes the uh, waxing gibbous moon, right? In which uh, she's all, like, the moon is almost full, and, and it's getting closer and closer to being a full moon, which is, So it's a time of just like growth, right? We're, 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 we're heading to a climax. We're heading to like, it's almost like the manifest it's, we're almost there, right? It's almost like the last stretch, um, and then just the energy starts picking up, right? You can feel your your, your calendar getting busy and things are moving and yeah. people are answering. <laughs> um, that's
0: that's my natal moon phase. And <laughs> I feel like I always think about it as like just constantly preparing, like just getting ready. I think of it as like pre- like getting ready for a party almost. It's like just having to like do all the things to make sure that the main event's going to be you know as spectacular as you as you hope. Um, so yeah, the busyness of the wax and gibbous is definitely spot on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And it, it works right with natal placements too. So, mm-hmm. right. So yeah. So cho- 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 cho, let's, we're in the last stretch, right? Um, and it's exciting, right? It's exciting because you, you can feel that something's coming to fruition soon. And so then the next phase is the full moon. Which is what most people, you know, hear about because you can actually see the moon. And that means the moon is sitting exactly across from the sun in the zodiac. And so, um, full moons are intense because it's an opposition of the luminaries. So, it's a lot about balancing the energies of those two zodiac signs or where the sun and the moon are. Every, and I also meant to say this before, actually, before I started, every single moon is different, right? That's also what fascinates me about the moon. Like every single day I see the moon as this shapeshifter, you know, being that just shifts on you every single day, right? Mm-hmm. And so every single face of this moon is different because the moon will be making aspects to other planets. But that being said, uh, every single full moon is different and it comes with a different energetic um, costume, right? Um, mm. We definitely feel the, the moon and full moon energy around us, right? People are just ah, running around like crazy. <laughs> I've heard that hospitals are full and you just hear ambulances and it's just like And everyone wants a piece of you, right? Have you noticed that everybody wants to meet up or hang out during a full moon?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everything just spikes, I feel like.
1: It's like a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always like to say it's like the the exclamation point of the month. It's just when we have just like a whole spike of energy on, on all levels. But especially socially, especially when you think about the moon sort of um, ruling over like the populace, you know, just like, especially, you know, that's a traditional as- association with the moon. It's just, it rules over the public, the public the people. Yeah. So when it's full, it's like, everyone's, everyone's full of something. <laughs> everyone's, you know, at, at, at the peak at, at, you know, an emotional or not even emotional, but just like energetic high, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, one of the re- the ways I started working with the lunation cycle was like trying to keep my schedule lighter on full on full moon weeks because I would mm. just tire myself like crazy, like saying yes to writing gigs and saying yes to hanging out. It's saying yes to, and I was just like, oh no, 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 because I know how it goes, right? Because then the then the dissemination is just intense. Um, yeah. And so we say that full moons, right. Same kind of same thing with new moons. They have like a few days in which like you start feeling most likely feeling them before they're actually full. Right. Uh, But exactly on the right after exactly the moment that the moon opposes the sun, right after that, then we're in the dissemination phase. Right. So after that, Then the moon starts losing light, and then we're literally on the other side of the lunar cycle, and so from from that moment all the way up to the balsamic moon is when we're like losing energy, or you know, or like things start kind of like ending or moving away from. Um, So then we had to like. Um, do you normally use the, uh, waning gibbous moon in a way? Why what, what do you see? Cause I, I sometimes that's the phase that I'm kind of like so, so about, you know, kind of like, mm.
0: yeah, I, I don't necessarily use it for anything in particular. Again, I don't really use, <laughs> I don't use the moon cycle enough, I I think, but um, I do, I do love the the waning sextile, um, but that's yeah, that's a little bit. Well, the waning gibbous has the trine, which is nice too, and I right. think that can be a really lovely, um, a really lovely aspect to work with. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of look at the waning gibbous as sort of like the, it's like the hangover from the full moon and. <laughs> um, you know, it's a time for like processing, really. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of it as like, you know, if if the waxing gibbous was planning the party and preparing and the full moon was the party itself, the waning gibbous is sort of like cleaning up, <laughs> like processing everything that happened, you know, that that sort of vibe. That's kind of how I, I picture it, at least. Like the
1: next day after the wedding, kind of. Yeah. Up. It happened. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is when, this is the time when you, I mean, in a more mundane way of speaking, this is when you clean your house. This is when like, right? Mo- kind of like clean up Um mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. And then comes the third quarter moon, right? Which is my middle moon sign so I feel really connected to that so it's a lot of integration right kind of like start thinking about the entire lunar cycle and then it's like okay that happened in the wedding and that happened and that went down and I'm okay with it you know kind of like putting the pieces together um, in relation to what manifested or what didn't right because sometimes the money manage- the climax of the full moon is positive, right? Something happened or you got the job offer or something like that. Sometimes it's like, uh eh, that didn't really work out. Right. So it really depends mm-hmm. on what happened during the full moon. But so the last quarter moon is like a moment of crisis in terms of like integrating everything that happened. That's kind of how I see it.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it's sort of like, another pivot point, basically, where you have to sort of be like, okay, like you said, all that happened. Now I have to like switch or change or do something in order to process and, and integrate that for this like next quarter, this
1: next cycle. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, so yeah, it could sometimes bring a little bit of a crisis of faith, right. In terms of like, oh, that I that, that didn't work or whatever. But the good thing is like, you know, there's not an, always another lunar cycle coming up, right? It might not it, not, it doesn't happen in the same sign, same part of your chart, right? But um, then comes the balsamic right after that. So that's the one I was talking about that I really like. Um, but I think I started with that. So I already kind of talked about that. Um <clears throat> oh, we missed we miss the the
0: waning crescent, which oh, right. is right before our balsamic.
1: Right, right, right. Waning crescent. So in the waning crescent, um, I think that that's when we feel like the energy just really starting to like go down, 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 down. We're starting to kind of prepare for that balsamic phase in which we just feel a little bit. We're starting to feel that like low, low, low energy right? Mm -hmm. We're like, it's like the um, last light. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the last, maybe we're like evaluating kind of like really thinking of what's next. We don't really have all the answers yet because they come in the balsamic moon, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we're kind of evaluating, thinking what we're going to do in the next lunar cycle. And so Mm -hmm. we're just starting to Kind of tone down the energy and just being you know sitting sitting in with that energy of like diminishing light or kind of like you know what's next kind of thing that's right, and then after that comes the the balsamic, but mm. mm-hmm.
0: yeah and and that um waning crescent phase is is where you do get that like. Sun moon sextile too. It's like the last light of the moon before it enters the do- the darkness of the balsamic phase. And so yeah, I wonder if there is a little bit of like insight, clarity that comes during that time before you really start to like draw inward and kind of prepare for the the rebirth that is the new moon.
1: Well, um, yeah, because there's the because after the quarter, after the last quarter, that's just kind of like ah! right? Like, oh boy, something, ah, it, the cell definitely helps, right? Because it's like, yeah, oh, everything's going to be okay. There's another cycle, right? We have time, we have time to gather information mm. or gather the signs or, um, maybe this is when, this is when you, if something didn't manifest on the full moon, maybe this is when you get an insight around that because the sun's the moon and the sun are the luminaries are friendly right of course Mm -hmm. it depends on a lot of other things right what the luminaries are doing but um yeah in a nutshell that sextile should feel mellow right oh I'm okay with it Mm -hmm. or or if something manifested you're like oh that was great (laughs) I'm exhausted I'm just gonna like start taking time off or like you know, I did my, I did my, my work or right? I got that done and then kind of start waiting, like, like it says, waning, right. Waning mm-hmm. down. So.
0: Yeah. I keep picturing like a, like a room with like a, a light that has a dimmer on it and how like, you know, there's full light, full brightness at the full moon. And then you slowly start to like turn down the light and it just gets dimmer and dimmer. And that, that um waxing or sorry, waning crescent phase is sort of like the last light. And then once we get balsamic, the lights are out.
1: Right. Um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love that uh, that example actually. Yeah. That just popped in dimmer, my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big into dimmer, so <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: it's like necessary, I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> we so want to get the right lighting. Um Cool. Yeah. So, so we have, that's a cycle we go through every month, um, since the beginning of time. (laughs) Um, and then of course, each one of us were born during that cycle. So we have a natal, um, lunar phase and yeah, again, depending on where the sun and moon were in your chart, um, we'll speak to what part of that phase you were born in. I was born like yeah, two days or so before a new moon, or sorry before a full moon, so I'm like very waxing gibbous. Um, you're born during the quarter, the the last quarter phase. Um, I'm curious if you have any thoughts around the natal sun and moon phase, and um, this is kind of left field, but it's something I think about and uh, people's relationship with their parents or their perception with their their parents. Have you? Have you done any work around that? Um, I bit. do
1: see. <laughs> I do see some, uh, like, it doesn't always, you know, like you can't generalize. But I have seen um, situations in which people with uh, new moon, the new moons, their parents stick together more often than not people with my moon phase the last quarter i think most most of their parents are divorced <laughs> like most of them i see a parents. lot of
0: full moons i see a lot of full moon divorces divorced oh, really? parents right cuz it's like they're literally like opposite. opposite like they're far apart as they can be right um but the quarter the quarter the um waning quarter phase i see that too but yeah i also have seen again, not like a hard and fast rule, but um, the new moon phase or the sun and the moon in the same sign kind of speaks to, like, there be... And this all comes from looking at the sun and the moon as representations of the two primary caregivers or parents. So, um, yeah, the sun being the father and the moon being the mother, which isn't always the case, but more generally speaking, it, it tends to be. So, yeah, having the sun and the moon in the same sign kind of speak to like, oh, they're on the same page. And something I've also seen is that it might not be that they're still together now, but like when the person was born or was being conceived, like they had, the parents were in a really good place or, you know, had a lot of love for each other. Um, I see that with sun, moon trines and sextiles a lot too, just a lot more, you know. But I I would say like my, my sun and moon, are in signs that don't see each other. And my parents have been together for <laughs> over 30 years, you know, so it's not right. hard and fast to rule, but um, it is something I've, I've noticed. I was curious if that is something you've seen as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I would say it's most of these really resonate, but there will be some people here and there that like, no, you know, and like, yeah. and like you said, sometimes they like, you know, with the sun being that the moon being the mom, sometimes they switch, right? And then, and especially now, right, that like more modern times is like, you know, we're not all mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Um, sometimes I see either both of the parents or one of them as Saturn, like mm-hmm. very clear, you know, like, yeah. like they've just been very like Saturn, Like, like this is for, this is both of the parents, Saturn, you know? So, yeah. But, but it is something interesting. It definitely, sometimes I ask that just to see the relationship or who's who, right? When, when I'm laying Mm -hmm. the foundation of the person's chart, right? What's their relationship to um, their mother or their father, depending on what I see. But yeah, it's an interesting thing to do for sure. Yeah.
0: I just had to ask that, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we we did just go through um, each of the phases, but I'm curious if you have thoughts or, yeah, things to 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 comment on or share around um, each of the, the moon phases in regards to like the natal chart and how that might show up.
1: Yeah, well, actually, what I was thinking, the way I did it in my book, uh, let me know if you if you like that. I was. One of my favorite things to do was like uh to assign keywords to each mm. to each moon face uh baby because I feel like it really resonates with people, you know, like Yeah. Oh as, yeah, I see, okay. As your like you know, as your like yin yang kinda like DNA. Because like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you see that the the yin yang relationship with the luminaries, right? Uh, I mean, obviously we have Venus and Mars and there are many different ways in how that could work, but I kind of like that. It's like the quality of light just being, you know, putting some keywords on your life and you're like, okay, that, it that really resonates with people for the most part in like yeah, readings. Let's do it. Okay. So, <clears throat> and I added a, a moon sign calculator just because what you know how astrology is it's like you know I I really don't like lists you know the apps Mm -hmm. that are like lists I was like I always tell my clients like you need to learn how to like you see a chart like it's like the circle you know everything's a circle the sun the moon so it's like get used to seeing a circle I mean I kind of had to do the list just like uh because if people don't even know their moon, right, you kind of have to, it's like the window. And so for new moon, the keywords are going to be similar to kind of what we talked about, right? It's just like, instead of like transiting cycle, right, of what the cycle of the moon that we were talking about, this is going to be more like, what's your luminary imprint that you carry in this lifetime? Mm-hmm. Um, so for new moon... I use instinctual, initiating, creative, and spontaneous. I um, love that. Do those resonate with you? Yeah, I feel like I
0: definitely see that in new moon people. Um, spontaneous, I really like too. I think that something I notice a lot in new moon people is just, they just have this newness to them, like almost this like, youthful aspect to who they are and they're just kind of down to try things and yeah be spontaneous and and just like um yeah again the the newness or the youthfulness to that natal moon phase is really really stands out to me so i like spontaneous there especially um but yeah of course like initiating and um creative
1: instinctual those all and they kind of really like be- behind the scenes like that's my husband's uh moon face and it really resonates mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 because he has that kind of like child kind of like eh, you know everything's gonna be okay whatever yeah kinda. it's like they
0: don't really they can't really see what's you know in the distance not to say that they can't you know but that's kind of the energy of it it's like it's a lot more present i think in some ways because it's like you know, what are we doing now? Let's let's start something new. Let's initiate. Yeah, for sure.
1: No, totally. I agree with you. It's not that they can't see it. It's just they're not concerned. You know, they're not like seeing that far out in, yeah, you know, in the future. They're like, all I care is I'm here with you kind of thing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. And people with new moon, like born under the new moon, right? What I tell my clients is like, they kind of have to create a little bit more awareness, right? Because with working with their birth chart, because like they, it's harder to know when the moon is responding and when it's the sun responding, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it's a little bit harder for them to figure out which planet is the one. Is that your ego Mm -hmm. or is that your emotions or is that so because it's the same sign right so it's like yeah and they probably yeah. feel more attuned to their sun sign because of that also um
0: it's true yeah i feel, i feel like new moon people i mean the the sect of the chart matters regardless if it's day or night but it's always interesting um when it's someone with a new moon and you know it's like new moon ver- in the day versus in the night is very it's really interesting because in the daytime it's like the sun is already the dominant luminary but in the nighttime it's like you get this you know very dark moon but new moon as the dominant you know luminary the the main source of consciousness and um, yeah that's always interesting to kind of to kind of pour into in a birth chart
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if there's another planet there too, right? To make things more complicated. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure. So for the Waxing Crescent Moon, uh, the words are growth, activation, manifestation, expansion. Um, so it's, these people are like here to like, because in, in a way, this is more initi- initiation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like mm-hmm. work, starting to work towards something, starting to, like, build something. And so, yeah, I see this as, like... <sighs> You know, it's 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 an interesting phase, I would say.
0: It reminds me of like Beyonce. Beyonce is someone that just comes to mind <laughs> when I think about this phase because she has um Virgo sun and Scorpio moon. So we get this like, mm-hmm. you know, the the waxing crescent. Um and she's definitely someone who is just like has the vision and is like puts in like kind of is able to like, put in the work or put in the steps towards manifesting that vision. And it, I don't know, that's, that's just what came to mind for me is the expansion, mm-hmm. the manifestation. Like you actually have the tools to like start making it happen, to get it done. And that's the light, the moon has some light to work with.
1: Right, and it's growing. So, um, and also, well, the position of the luminaries, that, that the fact that they're friendly to each other really helps. So it almost mm-hmm. feels like having the wind at your back for whatever you want to manifest so it's kind of a nice not that the other lunar faces are bad or anything like that but it's just a nice it's a it's an easier kind of energy for making stuff happen that's the truth Mm -hmm. yeah
0: for sure
1: what i found out though is that sometimes not always um people with this face can't can't be late like you know they bloom later, like
0: sometimes,
1: mm-hmm. not always, but um, that's, so that's one of the characteristics that I wrote for them. Um, so then we were talking about the first quarter moon. Uh, we were talking about that, the transiting moon, being a little bit of a moment of crisis challenge because the luminaries are um clashing so this is what we were talking about uh, but mm-hmm. it's the first quarter moon so um, I mean this could also speak of like parents being divorced right maybe <laughs> maybe really early during the child's life right because it's the yeah. first and so the truth is that people with this moon sign natal natal moon phase might find it a little hard to integrate right the uh sun moon relationship because it's a square right and then the it's like a clash uh 40 degrees but once they master it right once they master that clash they can see a lot of success because um these moments of crisis you know these 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 natal energy of crisis even though it can be really intense it could fuel these people to really be to do whatever they want you know so I think Mm -hmm. that it's important for them to know this especially if they're young they're discovering this at a young age right it's like yeah you were kind of thrown in a little bit of intensity in family or certain situations but once you master those two signs um you can really make a lot of stuff happen right especially mm-hmm. because the moon is growing in light when they are born
0: yeah yeah I feel like one word that that lot that often comes to mind for these quarter phases but especially the first quarter is like struggle and I think a lot about I think it was Dane Rujar um who compared the lunar cycle to the growth of like a plant, you know, like a seed. And, um, you know, the, the new moon would be like planting the seed and then it's starting to like, you know, sprout a little, I don't know what you call it, a little tendril <laughs> <laughs> underneath the earth. And that would be the, that first, um, the, the waxing crescent. And then when you get to this first quarter, it's when the plant is trying to break free from the dirt and like reach, you know, Break break the soil basically and reach the the air and the sunshine above it and it's like that initial struggle or challenge or crisis moment of like having to overcome um, a particular challenge and yeah I, I feel like for people born during this first quarter moon it's a similar thing and it's likely like a like a challenge that they had to surmount at you know in their youth but it kind of gives them this. This like fight that like you know they're kind of probably frequently running into struggles or you know conflicts or challenges to to like surmount and to to um yeah to move through. So yeah, I feel like these are this is like the placement of someone who is just really good in a crisis or really good in like high pressure. Mm-hmm. you know, environments where they have to just like make decisions and, you know, constantly kind of
1: solving problems. Totally. I, I love that. You know what I imagine when you were talking about like these, uh, the plant? Uh, turtles have been showing up for me a lot uh, lately mm-hmm. in my dreams. So I was, I was thinking that this can also resemble when the turtles coming out of the egg and it's trying to get to the ocean that moment mm-hmm. of crisis of like, oh, you know, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That first like struggle of like, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I love that.
1: And so waxing gibus is the next and the keywords are evaluation, gestation, analytical, perfection. Um, yeah. Because you're in the last stretch. And so let's say you're talking about you know in the la- in the first quarter people that are like making decisions and right that moment of crisis well these 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 uh, waxing gibbos it's more like i'm almost there but this is also like a very growth right focused moon phase and so these people RBC. <laughs> like da, 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 da. <laughs> oh my God, so many things are happening for them, right? And this is why it's so important that we never compare ourselves to other people, right? Because like people that were born in these things, you 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 know, their friends probably are always like, oh my God, stuff always happens for you so easily.
0: Story <laughs> <laughs> of my life, oh my god. <laughs> right? So I'm like, no. It's just that I'm constantly yeah, it's the perfectionism. It's like the always do it. There's always stuff to do. And, you know, there's never. Yeah, there, there's never like a, a pause moment. It's like you're always preparing for the party or the next thing.
1: <laughs> Which can be yeah. kind of exhausting if you think about it. Right. But it's like when when you're when you have this in your natal chart is like, yeah, you're here to do a lot of things. You're here to like bring a lot of things to fruition but but because it's not the full moon phase yet <laughs> it's kind of like the wrong the rundown towards that which is like oh it's like almost it it, it reminds me of a pregnant woman which I which I've, mm-hmm. I've heard that the gibber's word if you look at the etymology don't quote me because I'm not super sure but I remember my teacher telling me this it's like it it means pregnancy like the the the, the, mm. the stage of the pregnancy when you're about to give birth that
0: makes a lot of sense <laughs> and that's kind of what the moon looks like when it's in this phase it's like you know it's that in between half and full where cuz the full moon is sort of like the birth so yeah the, the waxing gibbous is sort of like that very full pregnant space but like not quite there yet right um And then you think about like preparing for the baby even, and like just all the things you have to do. It's very much like this preparatory energy, um, which is, yeah, the analytical, the perfectionism, um, all kind of comes down to that. So that makes a lot of sense.
1: Interesting. And so then, then they come the full moon babies, right? Which is like, They're pretty noticeable, (laughs) right? (laughs) Full moon babies are just like, they're those people that you see kind of like walking into a room, just kind of, they carry that energy of like intensity, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way, of course, but they just have that like, I'm here, you know? I'm here and um, the keywords are peak awareness, fulfillment, opposition. Right? Because they will have this kind of like encountered energies in their DNA automatically because the sun and the moon are across the sky from each other. And um, the, this energy of like bal- needing to balance those mm-hmm. two sides of themselves. Uh, will be a thing you know it will be a thing not and we all come with certain imprints and certain strengths and weaknesses and it's not that this is a weakness. it's more like it's just an energetic you know an energetic um thing and and you notice it in them you know it's it's really funny because like
0: definitely yeah
1: do you notice the full moon babies right away like
0: I don't know about right away but it's always very yeah it's always very like obvious once I find out that someone's a full moon person and yeah there's this there's this drama to them too you know there's just like this which same with a full moon there's it's a dramatic time we have literally like the peak of energy and so to be to come in during that time um kind of speaks to that you kind of hold that that heightened energy within you. And I think also with that, the word like polarity comes to mind and just polar, um, which is, you know, similar to opposition, but it's like having to really reconcile two very different parts, but it's also like two sides of the same coin, you know, um, in terms of the polarity between the two opposite signs. So, yeah, it's a very striking energy for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, usually, usually not always, but people, you know, like you were saying, the day chart, that night chart, all, you know, planets over the horizon or in the horizon matter matter a lot. But usually there'll be full moon people are just like out there, you know, they're like shown. They're not afraid of like show themselves because in a way the full moon was told, I mean, the moon was totally illuminated. You know, so they're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really care about putting myself out there. This is who I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the next one is Wayne uh, Incubus and the keywords are dissemination, teaching, service, revealing. Um, yeah, like I said, that was an interesting one for me. Like I'm like kind of like oh
0: okay that's interesting. I like teaching and service really um, make a lot of sense for me for this phase too because it's like okay you had the full moon you kind of had the 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 show or the drama what have you um, the peak and then from there you you pass on that knowledge of what was understood and if you think about it as like a plant, the full moon phase is the blossoming and the flowering. Um, and the waxing, sorry, the waning gibbous would sort of be like the harvest, right? Or the you harvest. can like kind of take the seeds from it and pass it on. So yeah, it's similarly like passing on knowledge, pa- passing on, you know, the fruits of the harvest that that really rings true for me.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm... Yeah, what you're saying really resonates. It feels like it feels like these people come with a lot of knowledge already. You know, like because mm. I believe in past lives. i would like looking at, always look at the notes and all of that. I'm kind of obsessed with that. So it just feels like these people come with all this knowledge, information from a past life, and so they're here to disseminate it. You know, like mm-hmm. disseminated yeah. to other people. So it's actually a really nice face if you think about it. Like, yeah, because it's almost like you, especially did when it's it. a trine. Mm-hmm. It's like you did it, right? Like it's it's done.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's kind of where the service comes in as well, or it's like you know sharing. Um, for the sake of sharing, whether it's knowledge or what have you, hmm. um, I really like yeah. that actually.
1: Thank you. Now, now it feels a little bit more like, okay, I got I got that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third quarter moon, integration, crisis, readjustment, and creativity. right? So the word creativity to me makes a lot of sense. Because even though the moon is losing light at that time, uh, this is definitely not a time for manifestation, you know, (laughs) Um, it's creative because you're integrating all the knowledge from the cycle in a way, but there's the the luminaries again are odds clashing with each other and so This moment of crisis just feels very rich, you know, very rich in which we are being challenged to see things from a different perspective, right? Like I said, so these people come with that. These people come with that kind of like rebellious, different kind of like, maybe I'm not trying to project myself onto this because it's my or maybe I am I don't know um <laughs> but i've noticed people from these these with that come with this moon uh face they just they just do things differently you know because perhaps you know, like I said, it really matters on how the manifestation process works, but when this is a natal placement, these people just come here to, like, maybe teach others that there are different ways to do things, kind of like to dance. They kind of dance to the rhythm of their own drum in a way Mm -hmm. Um, because they do have that challenge energy inside of them, that challenging energy inside of them, and so uh, again, similar to the first quarter moon babies, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have to integrate, they have to learn how to integrate sun moon placement. But once they're it's done, they, be, they become very creative, really, uh, really, really successful people because like they've already mastered that, you know? It's just like, mm. oh. they, they have a lot of energy at their disposal even though the moon was disseminating, right? It just mm-hmm. feels like, it feels like a dwell of energy to, to, to deal with difficult situations. So maybe these are the like crisis oriented people that are like, also like those people that you call in a moment of emergency. You know? mm-hmm. Does that resonate yeah. with you?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, yeah, the crisis moment, that like pivot point, um, definitely speaks to, being able to sort of take on challenges and and in a creative new way, especially. Um, Yeah. It's, it's almost like the this like acknowledgement of like an ending or the need for, you know, change before the next cycle. And so I, again, I really like create creativity for that because it is about like integrating what has already happened. And then, um, yeah, making decisions basically around like where to go next. Um, yeah, there, there's almost like an, it's reminding me of like the seven and eight of cups in the tarot where it's like that, that sort of moment of like having to make a decision and not really being sure what decision to make and then eventually like making a decision to Kind of let go of what's not working, and you know, move move forward anyway. Um, might be might be dealing with some sort of disappointments or something, but there's this need to go on, and yeah, that's kind of what's coming to me for like this last quarter phase and those type of people. It's just like, yeah, this acknowledgement of like change is change is a constant, change is something that we're gonna constantly be running into. And it's more about how how we move with it, how we work with
1: it. Right, 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 great. So here I don't have the, um... wait, let me see. Oh, here I don't have the waning crescent actually. But um, it feels, it feels like even deeper integration, you know, even deeper, um, not under, not under a crisis moment, but on like, kind of like, I'm okay with it moment, (laughs) in a way, like, uh, so maybe the people that were born during this time. There's a sense of calm, or kind of like being okay with life because they don't have like that like intensity. You know, the intensity has yeah, died down.
0: Like acceptance or something. Like surrender,
1: yeah. kind of. Well, I do have surrender for the balsamic moon activation. So, um,
0: it it's reminding me. It's making me think of like again, kind of going back to the plant metaphor um, of like. It's the plant is dying, but it has these like seeds left to, you know, from the, you know, after the harvest or whatever, there's still these seeds left to continue on its cycle. Um, so this, the last, um, the waxing, sorry, the waning, <laughs> the waning crescent to me, it's like, it makes me think of like leaving, like the seeds kind of being left behind on the ground that will eventually, you know, be reborn again into another plant um and yeah maybe there is like this acceptance and um I don't know yeah calm is an interesting word I feel like um I feel like balsamic or not balsamic necessarily but waxing waning crescent moon people also have this very like service oriented vibe to them where it's Maybe not so much about them. It's it's kind of like what they're leaving behind for the future, mm-hmm. um, or or the collective. Um, that's kind of what's coming to me, at least.
1: No, that that resonates. That resonates because that's that's the moment of acceptance. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I really like that actually.
0: <laughs> if you if you have a um, waning crescent moon you'll have to let us know what you think (laughs) (laughs) yes please (laughs) of our delineations
1: and so then the balsamic moon and the words are recharging preparation closure surrender um because yeah this is i feel like these are the people who need a lot of time alone right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little introverted, right? Like um, there's a lot of like introspection. There's a lot of, <sighs> I mean, it might be difficult at first because it's like, I'm not sure what my thing is, you know, it might take them a little while and a lot of introspection and a lot of self-study to figure out that it's in that space of stillness of like full surrender when their most amazing magical moments come from. Right. But if, yeah, but if they're like, Oh, you know, why are full moon babies like the way they are, you know? yeah. So that's why these people, I don't know, in my experience, this is one of those faces that might be just super, super mind-blowing for them. You know, what I've noticed. Um, because it's definitely a very unique lunar energy to have.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think something I notice a lot with these type of people um, is that they just have to, they they come, they have to come to terms with the fact that they kind of deal with endings a lot. You know, there's like, there's lots of acceptance around things ending. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, tons of time and space for integration and just like alone time and. Um, processing. I find these people just like constantly processing what's going on and what's happening to them and around them. Um, and yeah, it's a very um, internal sort of sort of energy I see these people having. Um, and yeah, surrender, acceptance, and surrender are probably like the two big words for this
1: phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like, if for those born in this phase, you know, and like, in a way, I also see them kind of like, in a way, obviously, it's not the same, but like the last quarter moon babies, I see them being very different, you know, like needing, they're having very different needs than most people having, mm-hmm. you know, not a person that's very social or out, out there. It's like, Person that's like an incubation kind of a soul that's in a process of incubation. That's what I'm Mm. downloading. Mm. No, love that. So yay! I love that moon phase. Can we start over again? (laughs) We start over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think balsamic moon people are very special in that, and there's a lot of like wisdom that they hold, and it's really about them being able to you know, have a lifestyle that um, that supports that, which, you know, our society, capitalist society doesn't really support being able to just like rest and think a lot.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> which is what a lot
0: of us need. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like some people be like, oh, why, why are you always alone? Why are you like have more and more friends? And, and to me, that's when astrology is just such a gift, you know, like not just the moon but astrology in general it's like Mm -hmm. we're all coded differently and we're not all gonna be doing the same thing at the same time going to college and then and then meet someone and then get the ring and then the dog and then the you know it's like it doesn't work like that right and it also sorry I'm getting off topic but um I just like feel like people need to hear this. (laughs) So, yeah. um, And also we're not old when we're 43. A lot more stuff keeps happening, you know? So anyway, rant over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. People, there are definitely people who need to hear it for sure. Um, So, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about the progress moon cycle and progress moon phases too, because that's something that I think a lot of people don't know much about. Um, and there's some there's so much richness in there when it comes to um, secondary progressions. And when it comes to secondary progressions, which is a, a timing technique that I'm like, how do I explain this? So I guess the way I tend to explain it is it's a technique that looks at sort of the unfolding of the birth chart by um, progressing the chart forward one day for each year of life. So I'm 30 years old. Let's say I'm 30 and a half years old because I am close to 30 and a half. Um, If I were to look at my progress chart, it would be a chart for 30 and a half days after my birth. Um, So um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the gist of it. And when we look at the progress moon phase, we're looking at where the moon well progress moon in general will show um, you know where the moon is during that time. It, the moon will typically take about two to three years to move through a sign depends on the sign really it moves through some signs a little bit quicker. but um, about two and a half years per sign, Um, which provides a really nice backdrop to, you know, if you're just looking at where you're at right now, even just looking at the sign that the progressed moon is in will kind of give you some clues to the general, you know, vibe or mood of the time period that you're in. But then we look at the progressed moon phase in and of itself for um, a better look at, I would say like a, more pulled back perspective on um, the cycles that you're moving through, and again, we're looking at like years <laughs> and not just like a couple, you know, days, weeks, or months. Um, so, so yeah, and I guess I'll just say before we go into it, when we're looking at the progress lunar cycle and progress moon phases, we're looking at the the cycle of um, we're looking at the progress chart in and of itself. So, where the sun and the moon and the progress chart are in relation to each other, not so much in relation to your natal placements, which can get kind of confusing. Um, but I guess for an example, I um, my progressed sun is in Sagittarius. A progressed moon is in Taurus currently. So I'm in a progressed wax and gibbous phase, um, soon to be in a progressed full moon phase. It's actually going to be a progressed full, um, lunar eclipse. Cause there was an eclipse about, you know, 30 some days after I was born. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, looking at it that way, you want to look at where the progressed moon and the progressed sun is to determine the natal or sorry, the progress uh, lunar phase.
1: Did I say mm. all that correctly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a fascinating subject. Um, I'm obsessed with it <laughs> ever since <laughs> I found out about it. When I started studying, you know, I was, it was just mind blowing. Um, there are many other different techniques, you know, but for, you know, there are like solar arts and all this other stuff for me, progressions are it. I mean, I don't know. Everyone has their own techniques and tastes and all that stuff, but I almost never do a chart reading without looking at the progress chart because mm-hmm. I know why people are coming to me. <laughs> right. I mean, of course, transits in Saturn, right. It's always a Saturn transit, yeah. but um, yeah. So the progress chart is like a timing technique that brings to the chart to the present moment. And it just speaks so much about where the person's at, right. Usually, people will get blown away just knowing their sun sign changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right? They're like, what? Yeah, that happens. (laughs) Um, That's more complexity. That's more layers to a person's journey, right? Because, well, we're here to talk about the progress, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but, you know, depending on how long you live, you get to experience three sun signs, right? Like you say, you're a Sagittarius now. I'm a Capricorn because I'm older than you. Um, but the reason why we look a lot at the progressed moon is like how you were saying, the moon changes signs every two and a half years. The moon will move about 13 degrees per year, right? And so... It is, and, and as the moon does that, of course, we look at the relationship to the progressed sun, right? Um, but as, as the moon does that, it will trigger every single planet on your birth chart. And that's when, like, all these changes and moves and
0: marriages, mm. divorces,
1: and kids, and, you know, all this stuff. Sometimes all at once um, will happen. And so... It is kind of your the evol- it just speaks a lot of to your evolutionary process, right? How you everything you've learned. Um and it's just so mesmerizing. I feel like I just love the progress moon because if I hadn't known that <laughs> in my life it would have been just been feeling very lost you know like what's going on
0: (laughs) I feel like the the progressed lunar return is such a big deal that people don't talk about enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that that tends to start um it tends to start when you're 26 but usually um by the time you're 27 it's like it exacts when you're 27 usually between 27 and 28 depends on also where the moon is in the sign right because if you have your moon really early in the sign then it'll come a little right. bit earlier um it'll start a little earlier but but yeah the progressed um the progressed lunar return really kind of like leads us into the saturn return um and I find it to just be, it mirrors the Saturn return in so many ways, but it's a lot more, um, to me it just tends to be a lot more body oriented and just like personal, you know, personally oriented. I think of the Saturn return as creating or learning how to like reparent yourself on this more macro level in terms of like creating structure in your life and, you know, taking on more responsibilities and all of that. But I I find the progressed lunar return to kind of prepare us for that by making it so we have to take responsibility for our bodies and how we're taking care of ourselves and how we're, you know, feeding ourselves and what we're, how we're nurturing and nourishing ourselves. Um, I find it brings up a lot of that type of stuff um, ahead of the Saturn return.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, That's why the moon and Saturn have a special relationship, you know, because Mm -hmm. um, the progress moon cycle moves at the same pace as Saturn does. And so uh, getting your Saturn return right really, really means getting your lunar return right first. And because the moon is so much about our sense of security, our inner selves, our needs, our stomach, the moon rules our stomach. If you haven't been eating well for years, if you haven't felt nurtured, if you haven't felt, if you haven't practiced enough self-care, which like it really, self-care means different things for different people, right? Mm. If you haven't been doing that, as lunar, the progress lunar return is so key to make that adjustment. And then you will be able to get your Saturn return, right? Not only the first Saturn return, but the second too, right? So yeah, and it's just a huge rite of passage um, that precedes the Saturn return. So it's like kind of like a double whammy in a sense of like, get ready. I mean, get, get aligned with your life, right? If you have been mm-hmm. taking care of your moon, if you have been nurturing your moon, then you have better chances of dealing with the Saturn return, right? So, yeah, I I don't think people talk about it a lot. You know, you see the Saturn return being literally everywhere now, mm-hmm. and that's why my book originally wasn't going to include progressions, because you know, like you probably understand out the way what I'm saying, but like you're you're giving certain amount of words and this book was was designed to be small and so mm. I was like I have to talk about the progressed moon because like for me I mean just in my practice that's so key um mm-hmm. to where the person's at and a lot of the times when people come to me they're having some sort of lunation cycle thing you know like Abalsamic, you know because I guess that it's important to tell your audience too, I forgot to say that, you know, we, we, we saw the, we touched on the transiting lunar cycle, which is about 28, 28, 29 days. We touched about the natal phase of the moon. But so when we talk about progressions, you can apply the information we gave you, but you have to be aware that these are years of your life right yeah if you're in a balsamic moon phase that's gonna be two and a half years of these like deep dive introspection Mm -hmm. surrender that's two and a half years that's a long time and so
0: and then another two and a half of like trying to gain light again (laughs) before it gets before it becomes a waxing crescent again so yeah that that like balsamic to new moon like four to five year period is is so intense and so potent I think and again it's not talked about enough
1: (laughs) yeah but um yeah what are you gonna say yeah no so no not to interrupt you but like you don't know you're going through a balsamic moon phase everything can feel very disorienting you know Mm -hmm. why are relationships ending why are Big things, you know, my job of 10 years or like just it's because things are decomposing, you know, just so you can Mm -hmm. begin that process of magic. But that sometimes it's going to involve seeing, you know, the ugly just so you mm-hmm. can be reborn again. you're like, well, when this is going to end? And you're like, oh, it just started, you know? So. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, there's just... no light.
0: There's no light. It's mm-hmm. just you're in the dark at that period of time. And um, and with the moon speaking so much to our body and, you know, we didn't really touch on it too much, but kind of. But the moon phases to also speak to, you know, just natural, amounts of like energy that you have to do things. And so when you're in this progressed um, phase where there's not a lot of light, when it's like waning, um, then you might just in general find less energy, you know, in your body or in just in your day to day to be able to do all the things. And that's okay. I think probably people who are born during like, you know, full moon phase, full moons, Or waxing, you know, gibbous maybe might find those periods a lot more difficult of like, you know, lessening and and less light and less energy. Um, I I look at progress moon phases, but definitely not as much. It's not something I work with a ton. But one thing I am really interested in when I do look at them um, is for... Uh, fertility, actually, mm-hmm. um, which is an area of astrology that I'm very obsessed with, and will likely spend a lot more um, time working with in the, in the next over the next couple years. Um, I want to start doing more research around that, but but yeah, it's something I learned from Kelly Surtees, um, who works with progressions a lot, and um, she basically talked about you know looking at the progressed moon phase for. Um, fertility. And if the moon is, you know, waxing and growing in light, then that's going to be a more a more fertile time and a time where your body is going to be more likely to be able to carry, you know, a baby to term as opposed to, you know, balsamic moon phase or even new moon phase when there's no light to the moon, um, it will likely be more difficult. And I've run into that with clients who you know, I had a client once who was like, you know, we've been trying for the past two years and nothing's happened and, you know, we're spending so much money on IVF and all these things. And I'm like, I know this sounds, and of course she was a little older in her like late 30s. So I was like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but she was in a balsamic moon phase for that time that she was trying. So I was like, you're actually gonna be a lot more, you're more likely to be successful and like six months to a year from now when the moon, your progressed moon has some light and that's hard to kind of reckon with. And you're like, well, I'm 38 and time's running out. Right. But, but yeah, it, it does often come down to that. It's like, you know, timing is everything.
1: Well, that's very interesting. I don't work with fertility. Uh, so I'm going to send you the people that come to me sometimes. I, <laughs> I get them. Cool. But um, that's, that makes so much sense to me because the moon is the mother. Yeah. Right. Like obviously and the womb space and the womb and that like, it makes a lot of sense to me. So, and I have worked with the moon enough to know that if you're going, because i put it to test in my own life, you know, just because like, that's, that's the gift of being an astrologer. You see how like, obviously we all, have different charts and approach astrology in different ways, right? That's what, that's, that's beautiful. But sometimes you really want to put things to test yourself with your own life to see how things work. And like, I've tried to work with that, like making, trying to, trying to bring to fruition something when the moon says no or a sound node connection. Mm-hmm. And it really just doesn't, you know, it's just like boom. yeah, something <laughs> happened that, it just didn't work out. And so that's why lunar energy is important for everyone to work with. And not just in like the process of manifestation, but like you said, even with fertility, it just matters so much. And uh it's it's a matter of time, you know, a lot of the times. Um and, and you know, it's not even just the sun, moon. Lunar cycle. It's also like the progressed moon touching Pluto. You know, conjunct Pluto, the progressed moon mm-hmm. conjunct Jupiter. That's a good one for pregnancy, for, for fertility. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's never ending, right? But I'm fascinated with the subject. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, i I wanna I wanna kind of like um close up or wrap up by talking a little bit more about the progress moon phases, um, and we can kind of just speak to, we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the new, the pausonic moon and the new moon, but yeah, do we, I want to talk about kind of like the quarters. So from new moon to first quarter and the progress cycle, um, what can people kind of expect during that, those seven years basically from
1: the new to the, the first quarter, So from the new to the first quarter, well, just a lot of momentum, you know, I mean, maybe not in Mm -hmm. the beginning because the moon still doesn't have light. You kind of, I mean, this thing is a little complicated because you have to look at the degrees, you know, Mm -hmm. like certain degrees and stuff like that. Uh, You also need to know where your progress sun is, right? So, um but in these seven years, it's just like slowly but surely like gaining momentum. Things start to materialize things. Your career starts taking off maybe or like, Mm -hmm. or maybe you meet someone and you're like slowly getting more serious and serious. Right. So it's like momentum charging ahead, like having kind of like the wind at your back. Right. Of course, there are many other players in the chart but alone that speaks of like forward momentum and getting higher 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 towards mm-hmm. towards um fulfillment well not yet right because it's like the quarter but you're you're starting to get momentum that's what i would say
0: yeah i definitely um that that's, that resonates with me and my experience of that time i just remember the the, prog- the balsamic moon phase for me was like a Scorpio moon because <laughs> my progressed sun sat- in, is in Sag. I just remember that being so hard, just like one of the most difficult times um, of my life. And then slowly, yeah, the seven years that um, preceded that or proceed, whatever, the seven years that came after that <laughs> um, was definitely sort of this like slow build out of that really dark phase, um, you know, getting a first job and, you know, starting to just like become my own person. And, um, that was, that was a really important time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. Like my, my balsamic moon, the last was a brutal, brutal. Yeah.
0: It can be really (laughs) hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but you, you move through it, you move through it. Um,
1: well, because, you know, you there's the a new beginning coming, right? So it's like, yeah. it, those, those two years, or, you know, the, 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 those months, they're long, but the, the good news for people who go through that, which all, we're all going to go through it, right? At some point or another, mm-hmm. it's knowing that there, there there's something lurking under the surface. I know it's actually, I see that as like a reinvention, you know, mm-hmm. because the balsamic milk is about going back to your essence. And that's why everything else falls apart <laughs> because yeah, you have yeah. to go back to your essence And and it is in that connection to your essence when you're gonna reinvent yourself.
0: I love that, yeah. And and then we have our um, the next quarter phase, we'll say from the first from the from the first quarter moon to the full moon, um, which is what I'm in right now. And yeah, how would you describe those next kind of seven years between the first quarter and the full?
1: Super busy. Yeah. Everybody wants a <laughs> piece busy. of you. Everybody wants a piece of you, and you want to do everything, right? Because it's like, oh, and you know that this is a time for manifestation and heading towards mm-hmm. success, or you know, uh, even if you don't see something as success, it's just something. Some you're you're about to give birth to, like, you know, something meaningful that you will your your name will be attached to, right? It could even be. A baby, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It could literally mean a baby. It could mean a book. It could be a new career, you know, heading towards. So it's even more active, incredibly busy Mm. time, incredibly busy years of your life. But that's when you work hard because you know that things are going to manifest or things are going to come to an end, right? you have the
0: energy to to like put behind it during that time too i find
1: totally you will have a lot of drive that you will you will have a lot of drive inside of you and your body will tell you because you have so many opportunities coming at you right your body will tell you which are because the moon rules the body it's like your body will tell you which are the right ones um the right ones to go because like you will have to make some decisions, right? at some point during that mm-hmm. process. Um, be serious. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I can att- attest to that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: and then and then the full
0: moon phase comes, and that's always exciting because yeah, that's the that's the main event. That's like the two years or so where you're kind of the, probably more visible. Um, or just kind of, like, doing the most, right?
1: Very visible, yeah, because you have the the light of your progressed sun shining on you, right? And so it's not even your natal sun, it's your new you. It's, like, your new sense Mm -hmm. of self that it's lighting up, lighting you up. You know, here you are. Maybe that's when your social media blows up, or maybe that's when... you're all over the place, right? Your names in, in places and, and enjoy that, right? Because it's not that you're not going to be successful later, but, you you know, things might tone down after that. They probably mm-hmm. will, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that you're not going to be doing things, but definitely, you ha- you know, this is the climax moment. But the good thing is Definitely. this moment is pretty long, <laughs> so that's what's exciting. Too.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Mine, My full moon phase starts in August, um, and then I'll be in it for basically two years until August 2024, Um, and then also my sun shifts then too, So, or shifts in like 2025, so to what? I get like to to capricorn. Oh, yeah. Boy. So I'll have a capricorn that- son, Cancer moon. I think that's when I'm going to have kids, honestly. That's that's when I predicted for myself. Um, yeah. Well, so which I will was, mean slow down for sure.
1: <laughs> I went through the same because we're both Scorpios. The the transition to Capricorn was really hard for me. Yeah. I'm still I'm still dealing with it. I mean, my progress time is in, I think I only had two Capricorn, but that okay. whole time, that whole year was just like, it's going to sound weird. And it's going to sound like I'm putting Capricorns in a box, but I'm not because I love Capricorns, but all I did was work. Work, 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 yeah. work, I mean, I'm, st- I'm still getting a handle on my schedule. I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting there. And that's because my husband had conversations with me. Yeah, about yeah. like oh. all you do is work.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is the shadow yeah. side of Capricorn, you know.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was a tough yeah. transition because you go from Jupiter to Saturn. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm curious to see what that's what it's gonna be like for me. I'm I'm predicting um, that's when I become a parent because I don't know Capricorn to me is very parental energy. And and also the progressed moon will be in Cancer, which is my fifth house of children. (laughs) And I also have a bunch of transits happening that kind of speak to that too. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm very, very curious about it, but I have lots of, I have lots to do before that. Um, But yeah, so going from the full moon then to the waning or the last quarter moon, that next seven years is, I'm assuming like lots of, um, yeah, like slowing down and sort of like preparing for that, that next
1: pivot. Yeah, it just feels like energy dying down, right? Like, like I said, it will really matter about what happened in the full moon phase, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel like Maybe I didn't say you will, but maybe you feel like I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I did it. I don't care anymore. I'm done. Now it's time for me to take a vacation. Maybe it's time for me to work less. Um, or it could be like, not necessarily negative, but it could be like, you know, if it, it depends on what happened. But I mean, it could also be feeling like, A moment of loss you know like things things getting up start because eventually you will have to the balsamic i know this is a long time but i mean dissemination just means getting rid of cleaning up right Mm -hmm. some 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 projects and some relationships and you're like cleaning house slowly but surely and that process Mm -hmm. depends on a lot of things right a lot on your bird chart and the houses is it an angular house right is it like it depends right but we're Mm -hmm. all different but and I do think that the position of the moon the position of that face but also the house says a lot about what are the things that are going to be going away right it's not the same Mm -hmm. thing having the progress moon disseminating in the 10th house that having it in the second, sixth house, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's just this process of cleaning up the party that you had, whether that party was fun or you're hungover.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I would imagine that like the teaching aspect of it too is kind of like the, yeah, like you said, disseminating and sharing the harvest
1: really Right. Yeah. Sharing the harvest or, or, or also helping someone who had gone through or is going through a similar situation, which I mm-hmm. think happens a lot. Right. Um, what I've noticed with the moon is you will attract women who uh, are in the same progress lunation or are in the mm-hmm. same pro- like lunar cycle. So my progress moon's in Pisces. Mm. right now well, which I love well except for all the crying but um yeah
0: there was so much crying like, when I had that <laughs>
1: seriously it's like that's okay yeah uh, it just it's just the thing you know it's a weekly thing um <laughs> a lot of progress Pisces moon people come to see me right now so y- y- you attract women moon right that have mm-hmm. so in this in this progression you could be teaching helping them kind of attuned to that science energy or that, you know, something, something, something lunar, you know, something very private, something very um, close to your heart, you know, just something. um, So, yes, the teaching aspect really comes in there, I think. And that brings you closer to people you know, it just, mm-hmm. it's just one of I, that literally happened to me very, it's been happening to me very recently, like <clears throat> attracting women with like certain family situations. And then you're like, Oh my God, I went through the same. Let me, let me help you out. You know, let me, mm-hmm. let me hold your hand or, or at least just hearing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Love
0: that. And then, and then, yeah, we kind of talked about this, but that last sort of um, phases between the the last quarter and the and the new moon is really just more of that like letting go and i would say sort of yeah that drawing inward and and preparing for darkness and and the kind of like great stuff that can come in the darkness that you you can't get when you're out and about doing all the things you know you, you have to be still and you have to be very present for, for that. It's like a death phase, really, that, you know, the end, the end. (laughs) Um, And it's not the end of everything, but it's the end of a pretty major, you know, nearly 30 year cycle. So it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's the end of the now you, right? And there will Mm -hmm. be a new you. Um, But in this phase, it's really, really important to Find guidance in anything in what the divine feminine means to you, right? Like tarot, astrology, human design, anything that speaks to you, psychic abilities, whatever speaks your mind, whatever speaks to you, right? Even for people who are already in it, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some people are so like, it's like, oh my god, I'm already like so into this, you know? Well, well more, <laughs> you know, more. More transformation and, and really, let, I feel like this, this phase of the, the balsamic moon progression, it's just really about knowing the let go because yeah things will leave people, jobs, situations. And if you hold on to them, that's when it's, you know, because it's the moon and it just feels so personal, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's really about letting go. Which that is hard, sense, yeah. So, but hard. it is a magical time. It is a magical time. It's just that we are taught that that's not okay. It's not okay to lock yourself in your room to to consult the tarot for five hours or whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but that's where that's the magic so necessary. Is. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, any any closing thoughts on? Progress moon cycle. Anything else you want to share, or just moon in general, <laughs> before we start to wrap
1: up? Totally. I would say that um, the the progress chart. I guess is the. I guess I'm just gonna kind of wrap it up all together. Um, it functions as a second chart. So, the transits are also going to affect your progressions. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's why it's really, I mean, like I said, the progress moon is a lot of it, right? Because it's going to move faster, but you know, you will have Saturn squaring your progress Venus, or you're going to have Mercury going retrograde on your progress Mars and things like that. And so the progress chart also works as another. I mean, you always, I always look at it in relationship to the natal chart. Always, always, always. Mm -hmm. But the transits work the same way into the progress chart Mm -hmm. from what I've, you know, from what I've gathered. So... It can get kind of crazy, but then you start getting used to it. And um, I just see my natal chart as my DNA, like my astral DNA, I call it. And I see my progress chart as my new me, kind of like mm-hmm. my the new version that I've built for myself and and they both get transit so it's kind of fun to like always see you know where are your new planets you know and uh just like adding in more layers of complexity
0: amazing awesome i mean i'm like excited to dig into my progress chart after this i haven't looked at it in a minute um thank you so much for joining me and talking about the moon for the past two hours
1: (laughs) of course it's my pleasure i really had a really good really really good time so i'm thankful that you invited me thank you so much because i'm just uh, i just love doing this so
0: yay (laughs) do you want to let people know where they can find you your website your socials
1: all the things sure yes um well first of all yeah you can buy my book pretty much anywhere uh, and yeah. it has really beautiful illustrations that i i just love art so um uh, my website is naramon.com that's kind of like my aka my naramon and i have many different readings um like i was saying birth chart paintings and i have a newsletter that goes out to in which obviously I will be promoting the podcast. And my social, I only have one social, and it's Instagram. And my handle is Narayana Montufar, just like my name, no periods. And I do post pretty regularly. uh, A lot about the moon, but I also post a lot about, you know, mantras and videos and just whatever crosses my mind but by the way happy jupiter neptune conjunction oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) happy
0: jupiter neptune yeah i'm excited about it
1: yeah so um yeah but it was a pleasure to talk to you and thank you so much for having me thanks for joining
0: thank you so much for tuning in um yeah, check out the Emerging Astrologer Summit on May 21st. Um and I'm actually planning a little something something in uh London potentially. Um if by chance you want to come to France, we still have a couple spots left. <laughs> it's at the end of June. Um, you can check that out in the show notes. And um yeah, like, subscribe, all the things. Love you lots. going <laughs> to miss you. Um, but I have some cool things in the works. So stay tuned and talk to you next week. Bye-bye.